0: Hello from Vagabond Naturalists, my name is Tim Giller, and this is from October in Giant Forest. Our superlatives will tend to diminish, becoming a form of possession distinct from humble ownership or stewardship, fellowship or relationship. Biggest. Tallest, oldest, board feet, cubic feet, number of toothpicks. What is the largest living thing? How do we measure the biomass of an aspen grove contiguous over 80,000 years of trunks falling, burning, decaying, replacing? What of a single specimen of mycorrhizae webbing unobservable over thousands of acres, stitching together the living community we call soil? We parse our words, declaring sequoia dendron giganteum, the world's largest living single tree. Standing silent witness to our machinations, these trees are generous hosts to our fascination with size. They've weathered our compulsions, once to convert them into commercial mundanities. Now they patiently tolerate our desire to ogle, touch, and walk among living things so improbably massive. The General Sherman tree fortunate to find itself in apparently the most optimum spot some 2,500 years ago, give or take, now sits accessible to pilgrimage or bucket list, backdrop to a million selfies. On any recent July weekend, the world's largest living single tree has more human visitors than it would have seen during the entire first two millennia of its life. With our continued restraint, it's unknown what ages these beings could reach. The monarchs perish from toppling over rather than from old age. When they fall, they might lie for some thousands of years more, ghostly logs crisscrossing meadows and propped along hillsides, opening canopy for new progeny to thrive. The upturned tentacle roots form a buttress sculpture, a peculiar Gothic armory. The Forest of Giants Many thousands of trees, out of earshot of the crowds, They spend many months of silence, days with a muffling blanket of snow. At a bend in the trail or cresting a gully, my next favorite tree is revealed. Imagining that the craggly arms above, large trunks in their own right, could support a fanciful home in the sky. They do so for any number of birds, squirrels, and invertebrates. Flare trunks below might be hollowed into archway caves, blackened and capacious, perhaps the nap spot of a fox or a bear. Ancient trees you can crawl into, still living, an immense charcoal wall cylinder ringed by vascular tissue reaching hundreds of feet upwards to green needles. Mushrooms sprouting spring and fall, bursting determinedly through the ground covering duff. A million one centimeter pink flowers in a carpet patchwork throughout the grove. Barking chicories, their anxiety escalating over the season as a precious cache of winter food grows. Carpenter ants recycling wood into soil, one sawdust grain at a time. It is easy for the smaller players to hide in plain sight. The majesty of the sequoia is drawing most of our attention. The ensemble has much to share with us if we find the time to observe. This story unfolds temporally. Fern fiddlenecks expanding in spring, creating a dense hemline of green throughout the summer, fade into a crisp field of yellow before succumbing under the first snows scale has a long gradient here, from microbe to monarch. The grove is animated daily by birdsong and reverberation of drumming pileated woodpeckers. We set out to locate the tallest giant sequoia, aware that we wouldn't succeed. Or rather, that if we did, we wouldn't really know. The tallest in a sea of tall trees is unknowable from casual ground-level observation. And this tree is unmarked. We know it is along the creek, and the visit, wandering with mild intent through trailless forest, is reason enough to go. Following a side drainage, picking our way through thickets of dogwood, some still carrying red fruit, and all full of leaves yellow and pink, we come to a confluence. Autumn light and the hint of smoke from a nearby wildfire filter warm, dappled reflections onto a perfect summer swimming hole. The cops feels lost to time, and maybe this is how we lose track of time. Picking our way around, looking for surprises, participating in the conversation displayed before us. We climb over 12-foot diameter moss-covered logs and work our way across the stair-step cascades of the main creek. I crane my neck at each tallest tree and wonder aloud, maybe this one. I see them first. A mother her coat a rich black, her two yearling cubs a much browner fur. Sharing space with wild beings reliably gives us a thrilling mix of wary excitement and gratitude in our good fortune. I want to see better and step tentatively forward. A steep gully in 40 yards safely separates us. It's not enough space for her. She notices me and I pause as she charges three quick steps before stopping with a gruff, chuffing sound harmless under these circumstances, but the message is clear enough. My awe rises noticeably, and we watch each other, motionless, for a long few moments before she turns to follow after her cubs that have continued on, seemingly unaware of the interlopers. It is a beautiful family, perhaps preparing for a second winter den together before Mother sends them out on their own the following spring. The forest has plenty of room for us to find another way up the drainage. And we move wide around them. Thanks for listening. The music is A Stranger's Map of Texas by Michael Chapman and the Woodpiles. And to learn more about us, visit vagabondnaturalist.com.